Welcome to the heartland of America, as the World Wrestling Federation presents the first ever King of the Ring extravaganza. Tonight, eight of the toughest superstars of the WWF will bang heads in a grueling single elimination tournament to determine once and for all who is the King of the Ring. Hey there, folks. Welcome to Talking Turnies. I am one of your hosts, Sam Dimaccio, and with me, per usual, is Dan Rice. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Sam. How about yourself? I am doing lovely this evening. We are coming off of the second of two back-to-back MAW heavyweight title tournaments. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the second of back-to-back, essentially, NWA title tournaments, previous which will not be going over. Um, It is the November 19th, 1994, NWA Heavyweight Championship Tournament that takes place after Shane Douglas throws away the belts in ECW after that tournament. So maybe the lesser talked about tournament around this time. Lesser talked about event. In regards to the until, until now, until now, until now, we're bringing it back. We're bringing this knowledge forward into 2022, and you can just watch this on the internet. This is on YouTube for anyone to watch, which I think is beautiful, and some of the worst quality I've ever seen. Dan, you said you had a second file. Oh yeah, I tried. It's the exact same thing. Amazing, amazing. So. That will, we'll talk about that later on because there's going to be a few instances where that's going to maybe alter our perceptions of this tournament. But, Dan, do you have any history with this tournament before we hop into things? No. I know – I knew that it took place. I didn't even know that it existed. I think we might have said, like, can we watch this? And I realized I had already downloaded it at some point and it was on YouTube. You may have just downloaded it from but, YouTube. Uh, I think I probably saw it on, I don't know, some, some – torrent website i'm not gonna say the name and uh there was a point where i was just downloading everything i could i guess for the apocalypse of stock yeah, never, i'll never watch um, i have hard drives upon hard drives of wrestling that man i know i'm not gonna get to but i need to have enough file or it's gonna be stressful so i get it but yeah i have no personal per- 
relationship to this tournament. So we're just going to kind of hop into it right now, discussing the lineup of competitors. A weird amount of wrestlers in this, first of yes. all. We got Tracy Smothers, Asamu Nishimura, Devin Storm, Lou Perez, Johnny Gunn, Eddie Gilbert, Dirty White Boy, Jerry Lawler, Chris Candido, and Al Snow. Dan, when you saw this, what are your, what are your initial thoughts here? It 100% is taking place in Kentucky and is a smoking mountain wrestling show. And there, that's, but, where, that's but, where you're wrong. But it's not. It's not. Uh, the, the quick note here is going back to a post that uh, Bix made on PWO in 2012. Oh. Their promoter, Dennis Carluzzo. Carluzzo. Uh, Ran the show, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Apparently, New ECW also had a event right across the river that evening in Philly um, itself. And Dennis was good friends with Cronette, and so they used a lot of Smoky Mountain Wrestling guys. Despite Smoky Mountain Wrestling not being an NWA affiliate, which is weird, considering everything here. But other than that, did you have any thoughts on the wrestlers involved here? Uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of a lot of these guys. Uh, I love Tracy Smothers, Lawler, uh, Candido, Dirty White Boy. Like, I, I like when I'm, I'm not actually haven't seen a huge amount of Smoky Mountain. I like what I've seen, but it's just something a lot of it's on my computer ready to watch that I won't ever get to. Um, what about you? You big, not big, big Smoky Mountain fan? Not a big Smoky Mountain wrestling fan, mostly because I've not watched a lot. It is a interesting lineup of tournament. Nishimura, uh, Nishimura. Sticks out the sore thumb to me just because he's not getting like a huge amount of bookings to my knowledge at this point in time. I think you're crazy. He what? is the only member of this to be in both NWA tournaments. That's. I had no idea. <laughs> I actually only think of him as like random Japanese guys. I was doing NWA shots and stuff. I'm sure he I think he did. I'm sure he did lots of stuff in Japan. I just none of it sticks in my mind. He was good. He's good. He's a great wrestler, truly. But he sticks out to stuck, uh, stood out to me as someone that I, I did not envision as a integral part to the NWA scene at this point in time. Now I don't know a lot about what, what's going on. Who's a member in NWA in 1994? But there's got to be someone that's an NWA member in Kentucky, West Virginia, Tennessee, somewhere. I mean, maybe in the Smoky Mountains, where these guys would be. Moreover, than Cherry Hill, New Jersey. You would have to believe. You would have to believe. At the same time, the answer is also probably don't book the show with these wrestlers specifically. There's that is an option as well. Um, especially if the ma- the major promotion that most of these wrestlers are from are not NW affiliated. So, let's say whoever. Wins if they're a Smoky Mountain wrestling fan, Smoky Mountain wrestler, they won't be able to like claim the NWA championship in that territory in the same way. So I think he, I think he does though. I think that's what even he's stranger. They think that Smoky Mountain isn't an NWA member, but I think the NWA title was on their shows. Yes, and that's that's probably true. But like you can't. I don't know for a fact. Yeah. Yeah, without being affiliated, NWA is weird. It leads to some just odd situations there. Um, because then the NWA title is a promotion that 
cannot uphold the same values that they'd probably want from an affiliate promotion. Yeah, good lineup. All things considered. Eddie Gilbert, Three Whiteboard, Jerry Lawler, Chris Candido, Devin Storm, all right. Tracy Smothers, of course. That's Nishimura, great wrestler, weird inclusion. Especially when we get to that. But yeah, lots of Smoky Mountain wrestling. But we're in New Jersey, and the same night an ECW show is happening. So it's just also some weird promotional rivalry going on. Are you ready to crack into this one? Let's get into it. First round. First match. It's Devin Storm versus Tracy Smothers. Dan, what do you think? Uh, I thought it was great. That was a good way to get started. Um, I think it's because maybe I watched so much Tracy in the later years. Like he was just such a, he was always, you know, he was in, he was always in AIW. He was always, and then when I moved down here, he was one of the few big name wrestlers that was in indies around here. And so I'm picturing old man Tracy's mothers. I forgot how, how well he can move in 1994. Like he's flying around the ring. Um, and then Devin Storm is probably, I think they said it's his first year in the business. He's a little baby. And he just lets uh, Tracy throw him around. Uh, I hated the finish. But that's going to be, I think, a theme possibly. And <laughs> But I thought I thought it was a good way to open the show outside of the finish. Yeah, this is a really fun match. Again, Tra- Tracy really gets to own this one. Devin Storm, he's just a little punk little kid. That works for me. There's definitely some video calibration that's happening in the middle of this matchup. So it's just a very, very funny production, all in all. And we're just going to see lots of weird situations because of how they decided to set up the cameras at this venue and how they decided to do the production. There's a literal video calibration happening like in the middle of this thing. The big spot is Devin Storm going for an acai moonsault and just completely whiffing it. And like you could hear a pin drop. It's just like, oh, what are you doing, kid? Why'd you do this? But it rules more so because he kind of just really gets right back into it as soon as he gets back into the ring. It well, is. he stays on offense as if he had landed that perfectly. Yeah. Like, and the, and the commentators, like, the, one of the commentators calls it a belly buster onto the concrete. Like, they, they start laughing a little. And Devin Storm just gets up, rolls chasing the ring, is like, I'm on offense now. That's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, and my my comment here is that it's very funny how Devin Storm does these moves like a fucking old as dirt Terry Funk busting out these moonsaults. They just look horrendous. Just not something a young man should be doing here. <laughs> Need a little spring in those steps. But yeah, do you want to go over the finish? Because you said you don't like the finish. I think, I mean, that that's that's basically leads to finish, right? He rolls him in, he's on offense, misses a moonsault, and then Tracy hits the jaw jacker for the win, right? Yep. Am I forgetting yep. anything? Nope. It's just, that's that's just the big thing, is that he misses that huge acai moonsault, and then he just, they don't try to figure anything else out. They just go, well, I'm on offense for just like 30 more seconds. Yeah, we're just going to keep this going. Like, that move, it hit for all intents and purposes. We'll just move on. We'll just move on. Yeah. And I mean, I hate the, I don't want to bad, ever bad mouth Tracy Smothers, but it's like, I guess Devin Storm is the, the rookie in that situation. Yeah. So Tracy could have done something because that, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just being too nitpicky, but that really rubbed me the wrong way in a match that I was enjoying up until that point. 
No, I think the theme of the show will be Tracy should have been a wrestler who was more selfish. Yeah. And I think they'll end up being maybe the story of his career at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that is what that is. Um, he was a very giving wrestler, and he was much more giving to Devin Storm than he needed to be. And in this case, probably should have been. Um, but we'll keep going. We'll keep going. Next yeah. match. It's Eddie Gilbert versus Johnny Gunn. I I admittedly don't have a ton to say about this. Um, other than we kind of start with Eddie talking some shit about Philly to start things out. And the video happened to get bleeped out. Well, that really upset me. Okay. Because they have the production values to bleep out that, but they take care of nothing else in this video. No, absolutely not. But that's how could you have anything to say about this match? You cannot see it. Like, I like a walk and talk brawl. You know what I mean? I like that. But you have to be able to at least see the wrestlers. Yeah. And there are times where you can see that. For the most part, it's a hard cam on the opposite side of the ring from this match happening in the crowd. So you don't get really any view. But then occasionally you see like, oh, there is a fan cam. There is a floor camera in this match. Do we, are the wires just not long enough? Is there no way to like. Well, hey. Apparently they hired the guy and they said, just get the back of everyone's heads. Yeah, yeah I know. he nailed it. He nailed it. Yeah, he did. He did, he did a great job at that. Uh, I mean, because it could have been good. It it looked fine from what I could see. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how you judge it. Um, I think Johnny Gunn is the heel. Are you sure? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Because I think it was like Eddie Gilbert wins. And then he later is a heel. And he's healing on the sh- crowd. But Johnny Gunn is choking him with the rope and hitting him with the bell, right? Yeah, but I don't. I didn't think that was a heel move. That's not a heel move. It okay. is a, well, it is technically a heel move, but I don't think this crowd was buying as a heel move. They want okay. to see the guy who was talk, shit talking them get choked by a wire. It was a very yeah, I guess, odd choice. I forgot the finish. I guess Eddie Gilbert did one with a low blow and feet on the rope, so he is yes. clearly a heel here too. I forgot about that until I looked at my notes, but uh, that's one of the things you can see. Yes, not great, but you know, you get what you get. You know, throw it fit. Um, yeah. Not a lot to this. Again, didn't get to see a lot of it, all in all. So there's not a lot to judge. Eddie's he's magnetic though. So we got this that. Is, uh, this is towards the end of Eddie too. This is like before he passed away. I think this is one of his last shows, probably. Man, imagine if it wasn't. Yeah. Ghost of Eddie Cooper. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> next, right. next. Let's go. To, let's go to a match that we can see a little. <laughs> um, it's Al Snow versus Chris Candido. Dan, do you think Al Snow is secretly a great worker? I used to think that. God bless you. God bless you. I definitely used to think that. <laughs> like, used to be like an Al Snow guy at first. When we, like, when I was like kind of young, I was like, I think Al Snow. I first started becoming like a smart mark. I was like, I think this Al Snow guy can really go. And then you just keep watching him and you're like, maybe these thousands of matches where you can't go is the real truth. <laughs> and then God forbid he opens his mouth and talks about the business. Goodness gracious. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who I don't know who I'm talking. Because I'm gonna let you know. My first note is, oh my god, I forgot. That's what Sunny looks like. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember why she's a huge star. Yeah, they really they let you know that they're into it, and by they I mean the cameraman and whoever edited this match together. The cameraman who can't be bothered to shoot some matches in this show, but he's getting all real, over Tammy. Yeah, gets real skillful shots 
Tammy. But yeah, it feels like for so long I'd heard that. You know what? Al Snow on the Indies, he was actually a great worker. He was a, ooh, he was a sneaky good worker. And I'm like, well, this is not the not the match. I think I remember liking Al Snow Sabu, Sabu matches, but that feels like something I should not verify. No, yeah, just live with that memory. Just like, yeah, it, at one point in my life, I watched these matches and it ruled. Don't need to go back for that. And I, I like what they were going for in this. This is I felt like their idea was like Southern New Japan Junior match. No, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's think, exactly what they wanted to do, and that sounds cool. And Chris Candido can do it. Al Snow was in there. Yeah. And the yeah. crowd didn't want to see it either. No. Um, I thought it was an okay. I thought it was a decent match all in all. But it felt like Al Snow trying to keep up with Candido and not being real close in that regard. Yeah. And the crowd, like I said, like I, it's got to be less than two minutes in that someone starts already yelling boring. Which seems yes. a little unfair. No, no. It is not the crowd is not with this match immediately. I, they could not have really done anything to start this one off that would have been accepting that wasn't a brawl. The finish I actually kind of love though. I was about to ask you, speaking of like me forgetting stuff, all I wrote in my notes was cool finish. It is a cool finish. I don't think I've ever actually seen this. That's probably not correct. I don't remember the last time I've seen this. Where Al Snow goes for a power bomb and Candido just pretty much takes the entire momentum to kind of like turn that into a low bridge cradle pin. Very interesting. Very interesting. I don't think I described it quite right, but usually you see like, okay, they get for the power bomb and then they maybe get Hurricane Ronald and and a package there. Or even like it's a Ramus deer. They go up for a power bomb, punch in the face. They drop down, but no, this is just one smooth motion where Al Snow looks like he just never had the ability to get Candido all the way up one bit. It's cool. It's cool. Anything other thoughts on the uh, Al Snow classic here? No, I, like that finish, I remember right now, like that's what I wanted the whole match to be kind of like spots like that and like that, you know, just like kind of pacing. Interesting stuff. Yeah. And the match was it, not. It was not super interesting. But again, I will say you could see almost all of it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's a leg up in the last one. Next match. Oh boy. It's Dirty White Boy versus Jerry Lawler with Jim Cornette in his corner. If Dan, I shit you not. The first notes before this match got started that I wrote what a match on paper. Super pumped. This match is not good. This match is quite bad. Dan, are you are you feeling this match? Are you loving here's, it? Here's what I'm going to say. Do you know how sometimes when like a joke is bad, but then it was a bad joke long enough, it's now funny? You thought this I was think bad. this match pissed everyone off so much that like it brought me back around. <laughs> I can I can understand that. Because the announcers at one point called it the worst match of the year. No way that's true. They, and I was just like, okay. The, the, one of their actual comments, I quote, Yeah. If you haven't voted yet in the Observer poll for worst match of the year, this might be a candidate. Inside like, baseball, even if I very funny. It. Yeah. 
But like you're the announcer, like you're the commentator. Like why is that you're like why is that not us making that joke? Why are they making that joke during a tournament to crown the new NWA champion? Yeah, these Dan. Let's be honest with ourselves. These announcers are not professional in the least bit. <laughs> this definitely feels like borderline one of those insane clown posse VHS VHS tapes you would get for King of the Death Match. Oh, Just it does feel like that. A couple of fans who are watching a show that is not live, that has taken place a long time ago, that they can really just talk all over, and it doesn't matter. Except this is much closer to being live and is important and actually is the official (laughs) release of the video here. But I even feel like if I describe this match, I almost, like, I I read my notes and I go, oh, that sounds okay. That sounds like something I'd like. It's not, it's not, though. Like, Lawler comes out, makes fun of the crowd. Oh, this is good. Going back to our uh, CM Punk mic work, he, on uh, the last show, Lawler really, really scared me because you can't see who he's talking about. And he starts making some reference to a fan's nationality. And yes. I go, oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's making fun of him for being Irish. I'm on board with that. That's fine. <laughs> it's. I do want to say that it is a bad joke because oh, he says, well, not because of the nationality. Well, it is because of the nationality, but not in the way you're, you might be thinking, listeners. Because he says, judging by your teeth, I'm guessing you are Irish, right? That's not the bit. That's not no. the bit. The Irish are not the people known for the bad teeth. You gotta own the Brits there. You just gotta slam in the fucking dirt. Irish get caught in the crossfires. That's actually pretty deeply problematic now that I think about it. Mixing the two up. I mean, it's and like it's not like one or two of these lines. Like he goes through every line he has. He says like, "Oh, your your hair is yellow enough to match your teeth. Um, your mom should have got fined for littering when you were born." And just for several minutes, and in the, he's not getting like heat. Like you want to get heat. Like Lawler can get heat. The fans are not the fans are not on board with this. They're on board with this about as much as the commentators. There's a sure. rewant doink fan uh, doink chant. I believe at one point. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what's going on in the World Wrestling Federation right now, but I'm sure there's something there. Um, but also, don't send the show. Yeah. All right. I There's a lot that happens in this match. I do not have the, the time on this match, but it feels longer than 15 minutes. Which is problematic in the future. Which, yes. I'll just leave it at that. We're going to talk about it next. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. Um, I think the ref bit where they get a new ref is it's funny it's entertaining but they needed to do it like 15 minutes earlier in the match it's just odd i don't know why they decided to go in this direction i think when we talk about tournaments it's important to like think hey what's the goal of this tournament what's the aim and this feels like it's not moving the not moving things forward as far as Establishing the new lineage of this NWA title. We're upset. Shane Douglas has disrespected the NWA title that date back to George Hawkinsman in 1902 or whatever. We need to get some legitimacy here. So the best way to do that is to call up Devin Storm, call up Al Snow, and then have Jerry Lawler and Dirty White Boy do this. Oh, and we didn't even mention, which is important for the finish, Jim Cornette comes out. And says, hey, do you want me to be your manager? Lawler's like, yeah, I don't like you, but sure, I guess. 
we need more talking, so go ahead and talk for a while. And, yeah. And again, the crowd's not into this. The crowd is not like into whatever the Jim, the current Jim Cornette, Dirty White Boy, you know, beef is, because they're in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Yeah, it's it's odd. I don't have anything else to say about this match, though. It ends with a let them know. It ends with a, a DQ because of Jim Cornette in the tournament, the crown new NWA champion. Yes, I did not understand it. Because I did think that Lawler got hit by the racket and won by DQ. He was raising his arms like that was the case. No. Oh, because it was hard to see. Yes, you yeah, exactly. Go ahead, production. Yeah. This happens in the middle of the ring, though. Hard to yeah, see. It still. Does. So. Yeah, it does. It's still hard to see and hard to see. I don't really, I wasn't really clear on what the disqualification one is either. I just went, Jim Cornette caused him to get DQ'd somehow, I guess. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the next match. The fifth match in the first round. Lou Perez versus Osomo Nishimura. All right. I'd like to ask the host of Talking Tournaments, a tournament expert, to this. What happens? Who is the winner of this match face? This is, this is a deeply important question to ask. The answer seems to be no one. They, I think they should just win. That's what happens. Um, I don't know who laid this out. But you do need an even number of tournament matches unless you are doing some weird stuff. And let me tell you, the NWA is not doing some weird, fun, funky stuff. They just added another. <laughs> Why was this match just not a non-tournament match? <laughs> What's the point? It feels like we've made a miscalculation here. They obviously knew that, though. Because this match... It's going to end with a time limit draw. A 15-minute time limit draw that occurs, I believe, about 9 minutes and 30 seconds into this matchup. Dan, what's going on here? I have no idea. And what's really fun is it appears that Perez and Nishimura also have no idea. Um, They're like... The, there's a lot of grappling in this match, which the hard cam's a little low. Like, it's not high enough. So when things are flush with them, when people are going for pens or doing mat work, you can't always see it the best if the crowd's standing up. And so that's not great either. But it also feels almost, I don't know, like, they're just not on the same page. Like, there's a lot of submissions that, like, Nishimura's going to put Perez in and Perez is not, not on board with it. And then vice versa. But not in, like, a shoot style we're going to, like, jockey for position kind of way like in a we don't know what's happening kind of way um the only thing i could think is that they just found these two outside and they said hey you're wrestling right now and you're in the tournament get in there we'll call it a draw when we feel like it yeah it was essentially like hey just wrestle until we say you're done but it's not two guys that know each other well enough to just kind of wrestle until we say we're done appears yeah exactly exactly did you feel that them being not on the same page? Did you get that vibe too? hundred percent. hundred percent. Okay. They did not seem like they, this is the first time they met. This is, they walked both out here and like, Hey, nice to meet you. Mr. Perez. Very odd vibes. Commentary. Once again, deeply unsure of what's going on here. One of the guys was trying oh. to think of, hey, what was the fat guy? Who was the, 
well, where, why is it, where is he in this thing? Why, why is this guy in here? Why isn't the, the fat guy in here? Um, talking about Hashimoto. Clearly. Just wild stuff going on here by commentary. Um, again, talking about the competitors. Well, again, going back to the first MAW tournament we covered, I believe, was that the where we learned about the Chinese arm drag? Yes. Now, this... Am I wrong? Is a Tokyo Crab, is that an actual name of a move? And I just don't know. I, I do not think so. I do okay. not think so. Okay. It felt pro- problematic to it, me. No, it was. It was. <laughs> it was not okay. Especially from two guys who are not on the show's side. So, like, they don't get the benefit of the doubt. They're being mean. They don't like being here. They don't like the wrestling. Yeah. So instantly I went, well, this is not a compliment. This is they're making fun of Nishimura for some reason. Yeah. Why they do that? I don't know. Well, this also has the wrestling trope of only match on the show that they announce the time cues. Yes, it's perfect. I don't know where they go. Ten minutes remaining. And I go, what? Why? And again, this match is not that long. Where they come up with the time cues. I have no idea. I was like, how is Dirty White Boy and Jerry Lawler not going to a time limit draw? But this match is. It's not, not clicking, Dan. It's not clicking. But again, powers that be just locked into a great situation here that they don't have four, five competitors making it to the next round because what are you going to do? Only have four. So lucky them. Lucky them. You ready to move on to well, do it. a couple of non-tournament matches? As we've said in previous episodes, we will be discussing some of these non-tournament matches because it's a single show, but they will not count towards our scientific evaluation of the tournament. Dan, first up, Inferno Kid versus Mr. Motion. I've never heard of either one of these wrestlers. Yeah, I, I have not as well. Um, and it just wasn't on the cage match list thing. That's why. So, so it shocked me. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> maybe uh-uh. this is a diamond in the rough. Yeah, maybe. I'm excited. And uh, this is a, like exactly three minutes long. Yes, it is. Over in a blink. Um, I like the finish though, because it's a three minute match Inferno kid, I think holds on. So Mr. Motion doesn't get the monkey flip. Like he fails monkey flipping him, And then he takes 30 to 40 seconds to set up a Northern lights suplex, which again, in a three minute match. So like a huge chunk of this match is him trying to figure out where Inferno kid or his arm goes. And then he goes, okay, this is how you do it. And then he hits the Northern light suplex for the win. Yeah, Inferno Kid stinks. Yeah. I, for some reason, thought just the vibes Mr. Motion was going to be the guy in the pants. It was not the case. Mr. Motion looks like a um, Brian Pillman wannabe. Some some great. It's not a good match. I do not recommend watching it. Inferno Kid. He hopefully did not have a long career. Moving on. We got Doink versus Sky Flamingo, also known as Raven. Not here, though. I've never actually seen Raven outside of the Raven gimmick. This is I just, think this is right before the Raven gimmick, right? Yeah. yeah. 94, okay. Yeah. Because um, also, he's at the NWA show instead of in ECW. So oh, yeah. Yeah. That's about to, about to happen shortly. 
I do not have much to say about this match other than Doink assaults a woman by spanking her, which is just doesn't feel right. Uh, doesn't feel quite the same uh, anymore. Not great there, but otherwise, like contents of the match, totally okay. I think it's a face spot in the match, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Clear. It gets it. gets one of the bigger cheers. Yeah, it's a baby face pop spot. Um, Goes over well. I have a couple things to say. Okay. Once again, I've said it before. The announcers really hate this. <laughs> like they <laughs> they're not happy about this. And then Doink here is Ace Darling. So I know it's early on, and they're not like and like because they're both early on in the career, so they're not linked as much yet, probably. But if you're gonna do Inferno Kid versus Mr. Motion, don't. Why would you not just do not do that and just do Ace Darling versus Devin Storm? That's like the archetype of that kind of match. Like on an indie, you give them less than ten minutes and they do a random spot, since way more enjoyable from my memory than Inferno Kid and Mr. Motion. Um, and that's pretty much all I gotta say. I think Raven hit his uh, his like even flow DBT. And then I like the way that he just he just set on Doink for the pen. Yeah. It's interesting to see that Raven didn't get over as a body guy, despite clearly wanting that. All right. Moving on. We're going to the semifinals. First up, Tracy's Mothers versus Eddie Gilbert. So if the first Gil- Eddie Gilbert match was kind of derailed by Faulty camera work. This match suffers a similar fate, but a little bit less so. It feels like we get a little bit of the outside stuff and also less of the match takes place predominantly on the outside. By the end, you still don't get a whole picture here. So it's kind of a bummer. Like everything we see feels pretty like rad. Like great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, Feels like it, it, it. There was a great match here. If I could see it, um, we well, got yeah, really good. Yeah, I think with actual good camera work, this is probably a really great match. Um, uh, Gilbert's strikes are so good; like his punches look amazing. And then Tracy is selling the hell out of him. And Tracy, like you said, maybe he's not selfish enough because he is letting Eddie just beat the snot out of him. Um, and this was this was better. Like you saw a lot of what was going on on the outside, and uh, this is really good. And I think this was like the first match that I'm like, okay, we're getting you know getting kind of some tournament vibes. Uh, I think it still ends with a ref bump, but like that, I was okay with. Like that, as far as the finishes and night go, this felt fine. Yeah, it is a very funny finish because one the the outline here. Eddie Gilbert takes an atomic drop from Tracy Smothers, bumps into the corner, then bumps out of the corner, bumps into Tracy Smothers, who bumps into the ref. And that signals a domino for another referee to come into the match. Eddie Gilbert hits kind of a backdrop driver of sorts. Both sets of shoulders are on the map, both referees, because the other guy who got bumped is now back up. Counting one, two, three. Tracy Smothers gets his shoulder up at the last second. Very just cartoonish. See, it was cartoonish, but I felt like it worked because it's like, oh, Tracy, you know, both refs are still there and Tracy still won. Yes, yes. I would have maybe liked 
Grayson Mothers to win in a more emphatic way. Obviously, it seems like there are reasons why he couldn't do that. But if he's going to the finals for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, I would love to him have more of a clean victory going to the finals here. But like, I don't think it's too wacky. It's just a very sort of silly way to get to that finish, I thought. Um, but all right, yeah, this kind of this rocks. This is this yeah. is a good one. I think my favorite moment is when they're brawling in the crowd and you kind of just start to see them climb up onto a table, start punching away at each other. It's like, oh, that rocks. You got to see a little bit of that. Uh, you can tell this rocks because the announcers are not being mean. Exactly. They're That's fair. Of, they're, tra- they're afraid of Tracy and Eddie. So they're like, they're mostly quiet for a lot of this. Yes. Are you ready to move on to the next match? Yeah. It's Dirty White Boy versus Chris Candido. Dan, what are your thoughts? This is the kind of match in a tournament that I would actually really enjoy in a tournament where I like the first round. I think this works because uh, Dirty White Boy comes in, his knees heavily taped, and Candido does a lot of cool things to attack it. Um, Dirty White Boy gets a little comeback, and then Candido does the chop block to cut him off. And it's not really much of a match. Um, the finish is Dirty White Boy going to grab Candido off the top rope, and he just collapses and he gets pinned. And I, I actually like that. I think it's a cool finish in a tournament if I like the first round, which I don't know if you can tell. Didn't love the first round. Yeah, I wish that – I wish this was longer. Just really, I thought this was pretty great. I kind of loved every bit of this. I don't know how Dirty White Boy injured his leg in the first round. I don't know if yammering with Jerry Lawler just like weakened his <laughs> knee. But whatever this – rules the way they find ways to work this into things it's great love like candido this sort of stocky dude going for a single leg and dirty white boy being the southern wrestler that he is just punching the absolute piss out of candido to stop him from coming in too hot also like going for a big boot and falling on his ass because he uh, he can't stay on his leg Um, that's cool it's just like okay what are the most obvious selling spots you can be doing for a few minutes and it works for me and it works for me i just wish like we maybe got this of course over like seven to ten minutes versus like three yeah or like, like you said like i would have loved for maybe maybe even the, the shitty finish of lawler during white boy was a you know cornet racket to the knee somehow make that make a little more sense too as well would be great Obviously, we are scientists of the tournament, and that's where it just doesn't make sense. Doesn't add up. Doesn't add up. Are you ready for the next match? Yeah. It's our non-tournament semi-main event. The Rock and Roll Express versus the Gangsters. Dan, what are your thoughts? Most of the Smoky Mountain Wrestling I've seen is this matchup. Um... And this is not one of the better ones. <laughs> uh, no, but it, it was good. I liked it. Uh, the main thing is the Rock and Roll Express are super over. Absolutely. Um, which on a show where I said a lot of these guys weren't. The crowd did not care about a lot of these guys. And they really cared about Ricky and Robert. Um, it's, I think it, it, my biggest issue were just my expectations were too high. It just didn't have, didn't reach the heights or have the heat at the level I wanted it to at any point. But having said that, it was still a great match or at least a very good match. What did you think? I thought this felt like a house show effort. 
year. Yeah. This felt like a match that was not for this audience. It was like, okay, well, let's not give him too much because really like the money is in Smoke Mountain Wrestle. It's not here on this spot show for the NWA and Cherry Hill. So it just feels like there's a lot, a lot of energy from the crowd, but in the ring, it kind of just feels like going through the motions and kind of a wonky finish to end things here. Oh, it was another DQ finish, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yep, I didn't even write that down. I forgot about (laughs) it. This is the show to, like, the idea in the show. This is not us, like, nitpicking. Like, we might be being unfair to nitpick an MAW show. But, you know, that's like a small-time Wisconsin indie or whatever. This is them thinking Shane Douglas screwed us, ECW screwed us. This is us relaunching the NWA title. DQ, DQ, ref bump, like... I just don't understand. Yeah, decisions were made here. Decisions were made here that I don't think I'm uh, all for. I'm all for. Oh, we, it's actually, speaking of decisions, we skipped the part. The first seven minutes of this video are the ring announcer introducing every single NWA promoter in the crowd. I may have just skipped that myself. You, 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 you should if you're going to watch it, which, you know. <laughs> don't want to skip ahead, but you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're on it. It's the finals for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. It's Tracy Smothers versus Chris Candido. Dan, give it to me. I like this match. Um, Candido is bumping like crazy, and Tracy's showing great fire. And I wanted it to be a little bigger, because again, this is maybe my expectations, but it is for the NWA title. This is the final. I wanted it to be maybe more... But normally we're asking for the the opposite. Maybe a little longer, maybe a little more meat on the bones. But like once again, I wish the tournament was more of this. Yeah, uh, I, more, I guess it's more Tracy and more Chris. Yes, that's, that's very true. I wish this match was. I wish this match was bigger. I just. I wish this match did feel like a more climactic conclusion to this tournament. I feel like okay. Like, I'm going to spoil something. These are the two best term, best performers in the tournament at this point. That at least they got that part right. They've messed up a whole bunch to get here, it feels like. But at least they nailed this. And then it just feels like, okay, this is a this is a mid-card match. Just, it's, it's hot. But it, it doesn't have that kind of stamp. And the finish doesn't really help it elevate it too much beyond that. It does have a sick spot where Tracy Smothers oh, I know exactly what you're gonna say, yeah. Suplexes Candido to the floor from the apron and he just looks like he takes the gnarliest bump to the floor. It's beautiful. It looks like if you just told me, like untrained, throw this man out of this ring, what I would do. Like it barely looks like a like you barely it doesn't look like like you know the suplex where they hold them up and it's beautiful and they're holding on to each other. This is just Tracy just picks them up and then dumps them, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a sick ass spot for this match that needed needed something like that to really at least give it something. We're like, okay, this is gonna stick with me after after I watch this. Um, a lot of a lot of Tracy's mother's just wrestling from underneath in this one. It does not feel like he really got to catch momentum. Like the first time it feels like, okay, he gets to go on a run is towards the end. And then that is just what leads to the finish. 
more or less. I wish that Tracy's mothers, he's such a dynamic bumper and offensive wrestler that we just got to see more of that. Cause like Indita really wasn't forcing smothers into like big bumps or anything. It was just kind of good, efficient wrestling, which you know what I'm here for, but I do love to see smothers bounce around. I do love to see him fire up the crowd because when, He's hot. This crowd was hot. But, you know, can't, can't have it all. Um, Candido wins with... So he, hit, he hits him with something when Tracy's up, has him up in the suplex. And uh, then he comes down on top of Tracy. And again, I've, I've all been nitpicking for the crowd, for the camera work. You can't really see the pen that much. <laughs> nope. You can't. I'm saying you can't see the pen that crowns the new youngest ever NWA Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. But that's it. That's the final of the NWA Smoky Mountain Wrestling Heavyweight Title Tournament. Dan, are you ready to say our match of the night? I think so. Dan, what was your match of the tournament? I think it was probably Tracy Smother versus Eddie Gilbert. Wow. All right. There we go. You disagree? You're going to say it's the final? I'm going to say it's the finals. <sighs> yeah, I went back and forth on that. That's, those are the two matches. Uh, and weirdly, my other match that I was thinking was going to be Candido versus Dirty White Boy. So it feels like we just were on opposite sides of the coin for those semifinals. But yeah, I, I think we can both agree. I think Candido Smothers is the correct final. Like that would have been great. Yeah, could have been great. Yeah. Out of the lists of participants, that was the correct finals. Obviously, the other thing is maybe they should have been the participants um, or the only like one, ones that could feel correct in that way. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the finals. I thought it was really good. Um, okay. You're obviously a big fan of that Eddie Gilbert versus Tracy Smothers match. I am, which is going to throw you because now let's do worker of the tournament. Chris Candido. I will also be saying Chris Candido. Well, that makes more sense with your pick. Yeah. See, I think my big thing is I love Chris Candido versus Dirty White Boy, but it's just, it was just not enough. It was just not enough. And then the final just wasn't quite there for me. I don't, I don't know why. But again, I mean, the Eddie Gilbert, Tracy Smothers matches mentioned stuff too, so I don't want to act like it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, I think Candido has like the most complete tournament here. Like the Al Snow match is about as good of a indie work rate match. I feel like you're going to get out of Al Snow. Um, that doesn't involve a wild factor like a Sabu or something. Um, that changes the entire dynamic for those kind of matches. But like, for what it was, like, I don't think you're going to get much better out of Al Snow. I love the Dirty White Boy match. The finals, I thought, was really strong. was re- real strong. It was the right finals, and Chris Candido, again, working up and down. And Tracy Smothers, him not just fucking owning Devin Storm. I got to hold it against him. Got to hold it against him. Yeah. That was what I held against him, too. That was that. I looked at the first round matches, and I was like, I love Tracy, but I think a lot of the issues in that match are probably his fault. He's the veteran, like, you know, you let that, you let <laughs> nine months in the business Devin Storm lead the way. That was the choice that was made. 
Yeah, just kick his ass. Yeah, eat him up. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Too many wrestlers these days. Just don't gobble enough wrestlers up. That was just Tracy Smothers in 1984. And that was Tracy Smothers when he couldn't even bump anymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dan, it's time to get into our ratings. I hate this. I love tournaments so much. I'm going to give it a two. Uh, I'm going to give it a 2.5. We got to start watching some good tournaments. <laughs> we got to start watching some good tournaments. Man, we're, we're, we're secretly learning that maybe like most tournaments aren't that good. Maybe like, yeah, we like the tournaments in our head. Yes. I, yeah. A lot of it is the camera work. The commentators like I got to take that all in. Like it's just a hard, I know that maybe that's not fair, but it's just a hard watch all the way around. Yeah, I think with better production values like this creeps up a little bit. I mean, not like a whole point or anything like that. But, you yeah, know, I think there's some movement there. If you can see most of the wrestling that occurs on the show. And that the commentators maybe were actively trying to get the action over rather than whatever they were doing. So, you know, there you go. There you go. Now, slightly off topic. I don't know. Have you seen or anyone listening seen when Candida loses the title to Dan Severin? I have not. You should. That's on YouTube. I believe you should watch that. Is it actually good or no? It's actually good. I've seen that within the last couple of years. Okay. Okay. I've probably saw it within the last year. I think it's better than anything on this show. Wild. Yeah. All right. I'll I'll seek it out. I'll seek it out. Dan, I really tell the people what we're going to be watching next time on Talking Turners. It is going to be Rings Mega Battle Tournament 1994. I don't know how we landed on this, Dan. But I'm glad we did. I'm excited. I'm looking at this lineup. All it needs is the green phantom, but it looks good. Yeah. Uh, the, the issue with this lineup is going to be my pronunciations with names. So I apologize in advance for everything that's about to happen. It is. It's going to be a rough one. Well, it's gonna be, if you are very particular about Russian names and how they're pronounced. Maybe don't skip the episode. Download it. Listen to it on mute. <laughs> um, yeah. Send me some pronunciations of Mega Bell Terminator nineteen eighty four, and maybe it'll help me out so I can really nail it. Really nail it. All right, Dan. That's it. Dammy plugs. Uh, you know, follow me on Twitter, and if you want to buy a house, hit me up. All right, you can follow us at WDKWPN on Twitter. Go follow Quentin and Tim's podcast, QNTR, on Twitter. And that's it. I appreciate it. Leave us a review on iTunes. But again, thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next time.